Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Everybody, this is Angela Bowen, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, <laughs> a Growing Pains podcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing good. Well, since I'm going to be doing the Growing Pains podcast coming in January 2019, now that the Wonder Years is almost wrapped up, I thought let's do a holiday episode of Growing Pains. This is actually from the first season, season one, episode 12, entitled A Christmas Story, which I'm sure one of the references is going to be the movie A Christmas Story. Um, I'm sure I'll get some haters out there based on the fact that I'm not really a fan of A Christmas Story. I mean, I think it's okay, but my sister downright loves this movie. Loves it. Watches it every single year. So I'll read the synopsis for this episode. While the Seaver family prepares for Christmas, one of Jason's patients contemplates suicide by jumping down the Seaver chimney. Now, in season one, which I'll get to in January, <clears throat> this is an interesting dynamic where, well, both of the parents, you know, the the couple work. Jason has been working out of the home as a psychiatrist, and Maggie has been staying home being, um, you know, the mother doing the chore, you know, the, um, the cooking, the cleaning, the taking care of the kids. But they've decided to kind of switch things up where Jason is moving his psychiatry practice into his house. What do you guys got to say about that? Do you think that that is really a wise decision? And just even based on this fact that he has a patient here who is mentally unstable. And not only is he... Oh, okay. Not only is he you know, contemplating suicide, which, you know, the holidays, I was just talking to my mother-in-law last night, and I said, the holidays, especially around this time of year, has got to be a really hard time for some folks that are really dealing with a lot of heavy issues. The high, you know, this is a high time for depression. It's a high point of, you know, as dark as, you know, to go there, you know, suicide. And... You know, this guy is choosing to bring his problems to his shrink, but now he's involving the family because he wants to commit suicide by jumping down there. This man is also dressed as a Santa Claus. Now, when Growing Pains originally aired back in 85, I would have been three. So I wasn't, I was a little older once I was watching it in like reruns on occasion when I would catch it on TV, but I didn't fully like jump on the bandwagon until 1997 when I got in cable, the Disney Channel acquired the rights to the Growing Pain Show. However, they might have acquired rights to some episodes or maybe all of them, but they chose to not show certain episodes. So one day when I was looking up, you know, this Growing Pains information, probably on an early IMDb site, I don't think it was IMDb, I looked at the season one episode list because I was familiar with the episodes. But then as I was scrolling down the list, I'm coming upon episodes I've never even heard of. 
when I would see promos for Growing Pains, like, oh, Growing Pains is up next. They'll show scenes from episodes. I never even, like, where did that scene come from? Mike in a karate outfit? Ben dressed like Elvis? Uh, or or, or this, so, this puppy we'll learn about that we'll never hear about ever again. So on IMDb, this uh, has a 6.8 rating out of 10 based on 43 ratings. This episode was directed by John Tracy, writers Neil Marlins, the creator, Carol Black, you guys will know them as the team from The Wonder Years. This this story was by Neil Marlins, Uh, teleplay by Tom Walla, Dave Woolert, teleplay... See here. There are some connections. Title reference: A Christmas Story. Well, I called that, didn't I? All right. This episode aired on December tenth, nineteen eighty-five. So just two weeks before Christmas. Quinn, stop. <laughs> so as I said early uh, moments ago, this episode deals with a very heavy issue, and I can understand why they didn't put it on the Disney Channel, because Disney Channel was about you know family-friendly, non-heavy issues. So, all right, enough jibber jabber. Let's jump into this episode. Alright, so we come out of the intro, and Carol is at the coffee table. She's got it all decked out with the nativity scene. She's looking for her three wise men. Like, where are my three wise men? We find them on the train tracks that goes around the tree. Of course, Mike is there fiddling with that. Like, oh, they're taking the A train. So, Carol gets up and walks over to Mike and asks him, what are my three wise men doing on the train tracks? And Mike just looks up at her and smiles like, oh, well, they're wise men. They must know what they're doing. And then the train goes around and comes to a complete halt before they it even comes within, like, three inches of the wise men. And Carol just looks down in amazement like, it's a Christmas miracle. No, well, Mike comes down, not Mike, (laughs) Jason comes down with the extension cord to the train, so he yanked it out of the wall socket, so. You know, at first I thought it was just, you know, Carol and Mike down there, but then, of course, Jason comes down the stairs, and then when the camera kind of pulls outward, we see Ben is, like, lifting up a Christmas present from under the tree and kind of shaking it. What kid hasn't done that? I did that as a kid. It's like you're trying to ask me, like, what could be in this box if you shake it one way or slide it the other way? Like, you're trying to, like, hmm, could it be clothes? Could it be something else? And Maggie kind of tells Ben, like, hey, don't do that. I told you we could open one gift apiece tonight at, since it's Christmas Eve. And Ben is like, well, wait a minute. I thought, like, the Christmas presents were supposed to have, like, a bow on them or something. A big red bow, Ben says. I thought the Christmas presents were supposed to have a big red bow. And Jason is kind of, like, pointing down at, at Ben. And then Carol and Mike get this goofy look on their face, like, eh. <laughs> And Carol's like, oh, it will. So, okay, they're all in on something. they clearly gotten something for Ben. It's a surprise. I want to play this little clip here. Is ben, ben sees everyone else's gift has a red bow on it, but his. Ben, stop that. You'll get to open one present after dinner. But I thought you said everyone's Christmas Eve present would have a big red bow on it. <laughs> it will. Well, everyone has one with a big red bow on except me. Well, maybe we should tell them the truth, guys. What truth? Well, man, you're adopted. <laughs> Santa doesn't know your new address. Mom, Mike. The only one of us kids who's adopted is Mike. I'm not adopted. Not yet. <laughs> So, of course, Mike has to go to the route of saying, oh, Ben, the reason your gift doesn't have a big red bow on it is because, well, we're adopted. 
And he's like, Mom, come on. What is this? And Carol's like, Mike, the only one here that's adopted is you. And Mike's like, I'm not adopted. And of course, Jason, who's over by the tree, is like, well, not yet you're not, but keep it up and you just might be. Okay, so now I understand where Ben is coming from because on Christmas Eve, they all open one gift, but it's got a red bow on it to signify, like, okay, this is the gift you get to open for Christmas Eve. That is kind of... I don't know who started that tradition for me, but maybe I kind of said, like, hey, can I open a gift because it's Christmas Eve? But I think that did carry through for a while because I'd always remind my dad, like, you said I could open, like, one gift on Christmas Eve. I do remember one Christmas, though. I must have been, like, eight or nine. And... I got up before my dad and my sister got up, and I started opening gifts, and Nicole came in and screamed, like, What are you doing? Get back to bed! Well, my sister was six years older than me, but still, it's like, yeah, I had gotten a kitten puzzle. I remember that. Maggie and Ben are sitting at, they're sitting on the couch, and Maggie's got a big bowl of popcorn, and she's, like, stringing, like, popcorn on to this string to wrap around the tree. How do you do that? There's gotta be a way you can do it without breaking the kernel, but I don't know. Well, Maggie kind of tells Ben, like, the reason your present isn't here yet is maybe that Santa hasn't brought it yet. And Ben drops a bomb of, oh, you guys know, come on, there's no such thing as Santa. And Jason kind of decides to give him a little talk. So I'm going to play this clip. Definitely not here. Well, Ben, maybe Santa just hasn't brought it yet. Oh, come on. There's no such thing as Santa. Hey, Ben. You know that for a fact? Okay, okay. I tell you what. I'll go get myself some Christmas cookies, and who knows? Maybe Santa will decide this is the perfect opportunity to bring my present. Know what I mean? <laughs> When are you guys going to pick it up? Around four. <laughs> He's going to be so excited. So Ben mentions he doesn't think there's anything as such thing as Santa. He doesn't exist. Jason asks, well, Ben, you think that's true? So Ben gets up off the couch. He's like, all right, here we go. Okay. I'm going to go get some Christmas cookies in the kitchen. And maybe when I come back, Santa will have given me, uh, put my gift under the tree. So Ben's gone. Carol rushes over to Maggie and says, So, Mom, Dad, did you guys, uh, what time are you getting his gift? And Maggie tells her, oh, around 4 o'clock. So, yeah. There's obvious hints that this could be a, a, a dog. Nobody knows for sure, but the fact that Maggie says we're picking it up around 4, it's like, you're not going to pick up some random gift around 4 at a certain time. Come on now. So, Maggie is like, oh, well, I hope that I like my gift that you're giving me, Jason. And Jason kind of bends down because she's sitting on the couch and he kind of bends over her like, oh, well, it depends. Have you been naughty or nice? And she's like, well, I've been naughty and nice. And he makes it, these guys just, this couple, they, they love each other so much. They're all about the PDAs in front of their kids they got no problem with. Of course, Mike and Carol like, oh, mom, dad, don't. Not in front of us. So Jason gets up from the couch like, oh, kids, it's snowing. You weren't even looking at the damn window. You can hear snow from outside like that. But whatever. So they all rush over to the window and Mike, this is clearly not normal coming from Mike because he's like, you know, this is so nice, you know, the five of us inside, and we're looking at the snow and it's so cozy and just beautiful and nice and Jason, Maggie, and Carol turn to look at Mike and they're like, Mike? It's like, are you a pod person? Did someone take off with your brain? Because this is not your normal behavior. You know, Christmas is Sort of neat. Just the five of us hanging out. 
surprised at his words and he just kind of counters back with like hey do you think that I enjoy being obnoxious all year long and they just look at him like uh-huh yeah you do and the doorbell rings it's a man dressed in a Santa costume and he looks really downtrodden um this is Christmas Eve Unless the man has an appointment, which I'm sure Jason did not schedule any appointments for Christmas Eve, this is very disrespectful. I mean, I know this guy is really having a hard time, which we're going to learn, but to come in unannounced like that, but then again, I mean, Jason is good at what he does and he's going to help this guy through this. <laughs> Dan, it's one of your patients. <laughs> Mr. Bodewell, I think the suit looks great. I gotta talk to you, Doc. Aren't you supposed to be playing Santa down at the orphanage? I can't go through with that. Why not? Watch this. Ho, ho. <laughs> Let's talk. So, Mr. Bodewell is dressed as Santa, and Jason's a little surprised to see him. He says, well, I thought you were supposed to be playing Santa down at the orphanage. They don't call them orphanages anymore. Um, and Mr. Bodewell kind of demonstrates as he pulls his, you know, gift pack higher on his shoulder, and he's like, I can't go through with it. Ho. Ho. Jason wastes no time, like, alright, let's go talk in my office. And find out what's going on. So this is a reoccurring patient for Jason. As he brings up their last session was like a week ago. And Mr. Bodewell was so... His name is Walter, by the way. Um, Walter was so happy to be going to play Santa at the orphanage. And he, he tells Jason, I can't do this. I can't go through with it. And I just, you know, kids are going to hate me. I make people uncomfortable. Um. I'm going to say this. I'm not a psychiatrist. But I honestly feel that this guy needs more help than Jason can really give him. I mean, he is a licensed psychiatrist. He went to college for this. He can prescribe medication. But this guy seems to be a bit unbalanced, maybe, um, I'd even go so far to say he seems like he is a bit unstable. And I really think that, you know, going a little deep into this, that Jason, Jason should have this get like refer him to either somebody else so he can get proper treatment at a facility that can really help him but maybe Jason feels that I'm sure that for Jason that would be a last like worst case scenario last resort type of thing because he really wants to be able to help people on his own accord and make them well so Jason kind of gets to the bottom of Walter's problem is that he is lonely, which, like I said, Christmas is one of the hardest times of the year for people that may or may not have family close by or, or family in general to spend, you know, this time with. And Jason felt, you know, bringing joy to children and everything seeing their faces light up like maybe that would spark something inside of Walter so he would feel less lonely Jason tries to appeal to the fact that well yes you are lonely but think about those children at the orphanage don't you think that they are lonely as well so Jason has Walter kind of go through 
Like, alright, pretend this is the orphanage. You're just walking in. You're seeing the children. What do you say to them? And Walter digs out a crumpled piece of paper and he starts reading from it saying, To whom it might concern, I have gifts here for you children. And this, it, it's, it's just, it's written down, it's rehearsed. Just fly off the cuff. Just, just say whatever comes to your mind. You don't need to recite something. That might make the kids seem a smidge uncomfortable. Oh, okay, so Jason does mention that Walter is an accountant. Okay, so we get a little bit of backstory on Walter there. So Walter, as Jason is kind of rummaging through Walter's gift bag to see what he brought the kids, he pulls out ground beef. And Walter's all distressed, like, oh, I know what, I should have bought pork. Um... Wouldn't the orphanage have kind of given him a list of things that he could get the kids? Maybe their wish lists or, of things that they might like? Or just, you know, a board game or toys? You know, maybe not a bicycle. I mean, that's a large gift sack, but something small. You know, a teddy bear. Um, a baseball mitt. A baseball. Maybe a bat. You know, stuff like little things that can fit inside of there. But ground... That bag's got a stink! How long has that ground beef been in that bag? Oh my god. And he also got Tupperware, which, in Walter's defense, he does say, like, Oh, the kids can mix up some Swedish meatballs. Those kids are not going to be cooking for themselves. I'll tell you that right now. That would be better, like, give that to the orphanage and maybe they can make up some little meatballs. So Walter tells Jason, like, hey, I really want to bring something to the kids that's going to make them happy. And Jason's like, well, oh, let me, uh, shot in the dark here. How about toys? And Walter, of course, is like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I should have thought of that. So Jason puts Walter's Santa hat back on his head, sends him on his way, and now Jason and Maggie are getting their coats on, they're getting ready to head out, and of course Ben is like, you can't fool me, you guys are going out to get my gift. I know, I know. You guys can't fool me, you're going to get my present. Nonsense, Ben, we're going to the, uh, uh blacksmith, Carol needs new shoes. <laughs> Actually, we're going to return all of Mike's gifts. You take his portion. What? <laughs> Jason leave and Ben of course is like oh yeah you guys are going to get my gift right and they're like uh no we're actually going to return all of Mike's gifts Jason kind of tosses Maggie the keys like okay first we'll take back his Porsche and Mike's like what yeah and then Mike kind of smiles oh yeah right right yeah you guys are funny so, uh, Mike closes the door behind his parents. Ben takes this opportunity to try to weasel out of Carol and Mike. Like, hey, Mike, Carol, Carol, Mike, um, you guys know what I'm getting for Christmas. Do you want to let me in on it? And they're like, no, 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 no. We're not telling you anything, Ben, Ben. <laughs> Good luck. So Ben heads upstairs after Mike suggests, like, why don't you talk to the man in the red hat? And there's a knock at the door. And who is it? He showed up just right after Mr. Baldwell, or Walter, showed up right after Maggie and Jason left. And he's like, hey, is your dad here? And Mike's like, no, he and my mom just, like, stepped out. And he says, I'll tell him that you stopped by or can you want you want to come in and wait for them and uh, Walter is really he is manic at this point he's like oh 
really nervous and shaking. He's like, no, no, I can't wait. And he kind of zips off. It's like, okay, this guy is in a desperate state. What is he going to do? So Mike closes the door and Carol kind of says that, you know, he did look unhappy. It's like, well, he's dealing with a lot. And my guess is clearly, I mean, that guy just showed up. I don't know how much time has passed, how the thing at the orphanage went, because it clearly didn't go well, otherwise he wouldn't be back there. Ben comes down, he's got some green in his hands, like, hey, guys, I'll give you money if you tell me. It's like, we're not telling you, Ben. No. One dollar, he offers. No. And Mike is like, no, Ben, sorry, that is not the Christmas spirit. Ben offers up ten bucks. Oh, come on, Mike, don't crack. Don't, don't crack at this. Luckily, Carol's there to push Mike along, like, no, 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 Mike, move it on, move along, go sit down. Ben, stop trying to bribe your brother. So, as Carol is shoving Mike along out of the room, he's kind of like, I wasn't really going to say anything, unless it was a 20. Like, no, you're not going to say anything. Ben hears some clattering up on the roof, like, what's going on? Could it be Santa Claus? So Ben goes over to the chimney, and I'm going to play this clip. Who's up there? Who do you think? <laughs> Whoa. Santa? So Ben wanders over to the fireplace, sticks his head inside, He's like, hey, who's up there? And then a Santa hat falls down. And Walter's all like, who do you think? This guy is clearly in not a happy mood. This is an interesting camera shot. Because we got the camera pulled up to the point where you see where the top of the set would be. Just, you see, um, just below the ceiling level. So Ben is stoked as he's holding the sand hat like, oh my gosh, Santa Claus, this is so unbelievable. And Walter's all like, kid, get out of there, I don't want you to see this. Sir, you are climbing down their roof, or their chimney. You don't think that this isn't going to upset that family? I mean, we've seen, for those of you that have seen Gremlins... You know the story of the man that dressed as Santa and decided to surprise his wife and daughter by going down the chimney. He got stuck. The firefighters had to come and pull him out. By then he was already dead and they didn't... The girl and the mother did not notice until it started to smell. But this is just so disrespectful. Jason needs to get there and handle this. Because Ben, this is a house full of kids. They don't need to see a man committing suicide. They, Jason needs to get that man the help that he truly deserves. And he really, really needs. Santa Claus! Wow, this is unbelievable! Get out of there, kid. Look, I'm coming down. I don't want you to see this. Well, if it's any easier for you, you can throw my present down. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna call the cops. No! 
No cops. Okay, I didn't say cops. I said, uh, mops. Yeah. Well, uh, no mops either. Right, no mops. Right, or cleaning supplies of any kind. Uh, Mr. Baldwell, just stay where you are. I'll be right back. I think you're supposed to keep him talking. Even after he jumps? So, Walter gives Ben raw meat. And he's still talking to... Ben's still talking to him when Carol and Mike come in with some hot chocolate and eggnog. Or just eggnog. Like, hey, come over here. We're going to have some eggnog. And Ben's like, Santa just gave me raw meat for my Christmas gift. And Mike's like, no, no, he didn't. We're not talking to anybody over there. And Ben's like, no, seriously. He's up on the roof right now. So... Mike and Carol go over there, and Mike right away recognizes it's Mr. Baldwell. And uh, Walter is telling them how he plans on diving into their chimney head first. Carol wants to call the cops. Of course, Mr. Ba uh, Walter hears that, and he's like, no, no cops. And Mike's like, oh, no, I didn't say cops. I said, uh, mops. And Carol's like, you keep him talking. Because she says, oh my gosh, he's going to commit suicide via our chimney. Mike, you keep him talking. I will... I gotta get a hold of somebody. She's probably going to try to call uh, Jason and Maggie somehow. Try to get a hold of them. And they keep cutting back to Ben's face. And Ben is really... He's, he's spooked. He doesn't know how to deal with this. But... Mike kind of offers him, uh, Walter some eggnog. And... To Walt Walter's response is, oh, I'm going to commit suicide and you're offering me eggnog? And Mike's kind of reading the, the container like, oh, it says festive for all occasions. And Ben is just like, oh, Mike. So Ben mentions like, hey, even though you're not Santa, thank you for the meat. I'll use it for years to come. And... <laughs> Mr. Baldwell is not buying it. Like, oh, come on, kid, admit it. You hate it. You don't like the ground beef I gave you. And Ben's like, yeah, of course I like it. So I'm going to play this clip as Mr. Baldwell is saying, you know, he's telling Ben, like, oh, admit it. You hate me. Everyone hates me. That's why I can't go on living. And Carol has got one of Jason's books, like, possibly to talk someone, you know, not a negotiator, but someone who can kind of talk someone down from possibly ending their life. So I'm going to play this clip. But you have to go on living. Why? Wait a second, I'll tell you. <laughs> Mr. Bodwell, I know that a suicidal person such as yourself can only see things through a dark tunnel. But with proper counseling and long-term therapy, the patient can build his inner confidence as outlined in Ferber's landmark study, Life Without Hope. <laughs> Mr. Baldwell? Mr. Baldwell, are you there? Yeah, sure. I didn't think you were finished reading. <laughs> Mr. Baldwell, please don't jump. So Carol is kind of reading straight out of a textbook, and we see Walter on the roof. He's kind of got his head, like, resting on his arms on the side of the chimney. And Carol's pleading with him, like, please, please don't jump. And finally, Maggie and Jason come back, and they're all, you know, happy and excited to give Ben his gift. Now they realize there is a situation here that they, Jason needs to come in and take over this. I can imagine he's like, okay, Maggie, I think you need to take the kids out of the room and let me take care of this. Here you come, Santa Claus. Here you come, Santa Claus. Right, right down, down our chimney. What? Mr. Bodo's on the roof and he's about to jump down the chimney. Oh, my God. They explain what's going on. Jason heads out back out the front door to get on the roof. And of course the roof is covered in snow. It's slippery. It's icy. Jason is really having difficulty climbing up there as he is trying to keep Walter calm. And 
Walter's all saying that, don't come near me, I'm going to jump, I mean it. And it's just, this is a very, very stressful, dire situation. So, Walter pulls out a measuring tape and he's measuring himself and Jason's like, what are you doing? Walter says, well, I'm measuring myself to make sure I don't get stuck. You more than likely would get stuck in there before you even reach the bottom of that chimney. I'm sure that thing narrows out eventually once it gets to the actual fireplace. So, Jason asks Walter, what happened this afternoon when you went down to the orphanage? And Walter's like, well, what do you think? Just what I thought would happen. The kids hated me. Really, Walter? Really did they hate you? Or is that the notion of what you perceive that as? So Jason was like, you played Santa to a bunch of eight-year-olds. Are you sure you didn't, like, you know, uh misinterpret that. Walter turns I kept thinking, like, what does he have on his back? It's like a white sheet of something. And Walter turns around and we see a sign that says, this Santa eats fruitcake. As in, he's not good. Oh, I... So Maggie, back in the house, Maggie is on the phone with 911 and trying to get someone to come out, a professional. She's saying, there's a man on our who's about to jump down our chimney. He's wearing a red suit, white beard. He did not have a beard on. And, of course, the operator's gonna think, oh, huh, yeah, Santa Claus is gonna jump down your chimney. Like, no, this man is committing suicide who is dressed like Santa Claus. So Jason is trying to reason with Walter, like, I know your life looks very bleak right now, but you have to look. There's got to be something, something in your life that you have got to be, you know, happy about. Or something that makes you want to keep going on and keep living. And as Jason's talking, he's trying to inch forward to get close to Walter. And Walter immediately sees him like, do not get any closer. I swear I will jump. As he's like, okay, I do have to take off the suit because clearly I'm not going to fit with a suit on. So Walter, of course, being an accountant, he's got a pocket calculator on him as he is crunching some numbers about the circumference width of the chimney opening and his weight. So I gotta say, I think Jason is doing the best job that he possibly can to talk Walter down from wanting to jump and, you know, go down the chimney. And Walter's just like, my life sucks. Every day I wake up and I'm, you know, Walter Baldwell and, you know, this guy's an accountant and everything and just, he doesn't want to go on. It's and, and Jason is trying to explain to him, it's like, yes things are hard but every day you try to find something out there you chip away at whatever problems you have and you try to find something in your life that's positive it's like eventually somebody Jason holds his hand out as then someone will come along and give you you know a hand up and help you and Jason is offering his hand like don't do this Walter there is you there is a reason to keep going on. So, Jason for a split second thinks that he's gotten through to Walter as he takes Walter by the hand. You know, Walter looks like, hey, I'm gonna shake your hand because Jason's offering his hand out. And he's like, oh, no, I'm gonna jump. So Jason tries a different tactic. He's like, oh, you know, Walter, this sounds like a great idea. You know, I'm going to uh, jump down the chimney as well. I'm gonna end it all as well. I mean, why not, right? That's how we solve our problems. We just end things. Instead of facing them like an adult. So Walter's like, no, you can't do this, Jason. Dr. Seaver, you can't you can't jump down the roof. And and Jason's like, why not, Walter? Why not? I mean, I got a big guy on my roof who's threatening to commit suicide. Someone who I've been working with for four years, who I thought I'd been getting through to, who was actually showing progress. 
So no, Jason is not contemplating suicide. I think he's doing this as a way to get through to Walter. As Walter's like, no, Doc, you can't do this because you have a wife and children and everything like that. And I think Jason is trying to turn this on its head so that way Walter will see like what he's saying to Jason he should be saying to himself. So... We got Jason who's actually trying to dive into the chimney and Walter goes to stop him. They're both stuck with their legs and butts in the air in the in the chimney. And then we hear this like, woo, woo, woo. it's so cute. And then we got Ben here coming in. I'm going to play this clip. So the puppy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I just need a second here. Um, the puppy gets out of the Christmas box. Ben comes in and sees it, and he takes the puppy over to the fireplace. And hmm, Jason and Walter are up on the roof, and Walter's like, "You got your kid a puppy?" And Jason's like, "Yeah, I uh." Oh, he's been asking for one for years, and I just, you know, my wife and I went out and got him, and then we hear Walter talk about the puppy that he had, a German Shepherd, and how they used to play a game together, and how the puppy was the only one that was never uncomfortable around him. And sadly, of course, 17 years ago, the puppy passed away. And that, I think, maybe that is what started his depression, that he didn't have anybody. <laughs> and he was lonely. And, uh... So, Ben, of course, sweet boy here, offers to give up his puppy to Walter and um, they're all kind of wondering they don't hear anything for a moment and they're like dad and Maggie's like Jason are you up there and they're like Mr. Baldwell cause they're like you're not and Ben's all like, you're not gonna kill yourself are you and Maggie's like Ben Ben, ben. so um, Jason and Walter come through the door dad Mr. Baldwell Jason are you okay yeah, I think we're okay. This is my puppy. He's a nice one. Merry Christmas. 
Ben gives his puppy to Walter. And hmm. now we move on to the next scene, which is Walter stresses Santa. He's got the beard on. We have Ben coming down the stairs with him. And they're like, all right, it's time for the Seaver family Christmas Eve present opening. Christmas Eve presents. Yay! Oh, now remember, I, I didn't buy any of these presents, so if you don't like your present, it's not my fault. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, here. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Better, better. Okay, this one's for Carol. This one's for Mike. Oh. Dear Mike, this has been handed down in our family for three generations to each man as he comes of age. turns out their gifts were they had to swap them um mike's was something that's been handed down from one saver man to another he opens it up it's a it's a silk nighty which actually is for carol and carol opens a gift that's got like an old like razor blade and kind of a um a little brush that you would uh um you know put the shaving cream on your face with so they switch um Jason's got a cook's hat that says most improved cook of the year. And <laughs> um, Maggie got a toaster. She's like, oh, is this a romantic gift that you, uh, I've been waiting all day for you to give me. She opens it. It's a toaster. But he's like, oh, here, let me show you how it works. He lifts the lever. There's a little box. He, she takes the box. It's really nice pearl necklace. And... So the puppy's name is Nick that Ben gives to Walter. And Walter's like, oh, Ben, I'm sorry. There's no present for you. And Carol and Mike are like, Walter, check the bag. He's like, no, it's empty. Mike is like, no, Walter, check the bag again. As Walter opens it, it's like, oh, my gosh. There's a puppy for you, Ben. Oh, and the puppy looks just like the other puppy. They're um, little mixed breed puppies. I'm not sure like what, what they are like. Maybe a Labrador mixed with a Beagle or something. They're really, really cute. And I think Ben's is a girl puppy who he's like, I think I'll name this puppy Walter. Aww. We'll just leave this little snap for Santa Claus. Oh, 
say that I believe in Santa Claus, but in life, Walter, you'll find it pays to hedge your bets. <laughs> everybody that was the episode i hope you enjoyed it i know that um i talked through a lot of i didn't play a whole lot of clips but just due to some of the sensitivity i really tried to pick the ones that wouldn't be too too distressing and i hope i didn't distress people out with like if this is a trigger warning i i apologize this is a sensitive issue and i will put that in the description um but it's got a, a nice message in the end that, that, you know, people, they come through for each other. They make them feel better and help them. And I pray that Walter probably needs a little more help than what the puppy will be able to give him. He'll be able to have someone that will, you know, bring his spirits up. But I definitely think that Jason should definitely continue to counsel Walter. Maybe even possibly medication. Like I said, I'm not a licensed psychiatrist like Jason is. But uh, I just hope that you know, he gets the help that he needs. And all right, everyone, I hope you have a wonderful week and I will be continuing to do other Christmas TV episodes. Mr. Belvedere season four, the Christmas episode for that. And also the Silver Spoons Christmas episode, along with um, the other two Wonder Years Christmas episodes, which I'll be releasing once a week, so the 9th and the 16th. So, and I believe uh, coming up we have the should be around the 20th or 21st the final episode of uh, The Wonder Years. So, and I am doing the Christmas on Division Street movie as well. And that is me signing off from the wonder years so all right enjoy this episode bye bye everybody